Good morning and welcome in to another episode of the Bearcat Brunch. Brought to you as always by our wonderful partners at Royal Links Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf at St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed a perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Well, Royal Links Golf Tours is a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences to Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive, cultural, and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Links Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play St. Andrews or Valley Bunyan or enjoy that perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland, visit their website at royallinkscolftours.com or call them at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are off. I am flying solo right now. Seems the team is, uh, sorry for the delay. The team is, their parts are, are unknown at this point. So I am kind of flying by the seat of, my, you know what here, trying to figure out what we're going to talk about, how we're going to do this, how I'm going to get all this up on Twitter. It's not uh, usually what I do. So let's just have a podcast and we'll figure it all out. Uh, obviously, the Bearcats fall yesterday, 30 to 10 at home on homecoming to Iowa State in a game that we can talk about stats, we can talk about execution we can talk about coaching you can talk about it all after this one uh right from it's just just starting at the top of just seeming to be completely unprepared completely unmotivated a lack of energy you know you have a couple close losses you have some some things you feel good about some things you need to obviously fixed you have an off week you have an extra day even you're at home you know you know i don't know if we necessarily called it that but a uh, a must win and you just come out so utterly flat you know obviously the first drive you first time you have the ball you know another miss on what would have been an easy easy touchdown you know, Emory Jones overthrows D. Wiggins. And then kind of from that point on, you had the the solid drive and the and the nice pass to Shimon. But I mean, I didn't write anything down because I'm just I was just like fed up. But I mean, you had a throw you have to be able to make, a throw you can't make on the interception to TJ Tampa, where he just, you know, he just falls off his guy and and undercuts the route. I mean, it's a simple, pretty simple zone concept and, and play that you should expect a guy of TJ Tampa's caliber to make. And then, you know, Jordan drops an interception. You get a roughing the passer on a play that would have forced them to kick a field goal. They score a touchdown on the next play. You give up a 41-yard and I believe a 72-yard kickoff return. Uh, you give up a 75-yard. Jordan Young gives up a 75-yard, I believe it was, catch and run. Just down the sideline, felt like he ran with the guy for 20 yards before he tried to push him out of bounds. Uh, 
but it all comes back to the fact that that team looked totally unprepared and completely just ambivalent of the stakes, the the time and place in the season, and you know, just was ugly. It was an ugly, ugly performance. The first half performance was really one of the most you know disheartening and and just overall unentertaining halves of football we've had to watch in a, in a long time, you know, having guys ready to play and, you know, there's going to be losses. We've experienced losses, but I don't feel like we've in the last, I don't know how many years, certainly in the fickle area era, you never really had to question whether players were going to be ready to go and players were going to uh, have everything, you know, at their disposal, and you just didn't didn't uh, feel that way uh, Saturday. So you know, you're that's where you're left with, and kind of figure out what happens from here. You know, you have a quarterback in Emory Jones that I'm not willing to say has been even the main problem, but it's clear that they're you know they're regressing offensively. I mean, call it call it what it is. I mean, you are. You're, you're going backwards, you know. Iowa State, very fine defense, but clearly there were some plays to be made. You, you can't you throw for 99 yards on, I think, 26 attempts. Just, to, you know, guys, nothing open down the field. Lots of swing passes. Again, guys not breaking tackles. But, you know, and I'm not even sure – that it's the correct answer and it might be an overreaction. And I understand how it, it plays in the locker room when you're basically signaling that you're like giving up on a season. But with, with seven, what with six games to go, I think it's, it's time to find out, you know, maybe give the Brady's some snaps in practice. See if that works over to the games. Um, you know, like I said, not putting this all at the, at the feet of Emory, but I don't know if you can go into next season. And this is the hard part of it. And this is the crappy part of it with, with older guys signaling to them that, you know, we're kind of starting to look to next year. But with a new coaching staff, I think it's totally understandable. Like they need to figure some stuff out. And if that means seeing what, you know, are you playing two? Are you playing both the Brady's out the rest of this year? Are you playing, you know, Brady Drogish some in the last four games to potentially keep a a red shirt? Um, like, just because it's not mainly Emory's fault doesn't mean that they shouldn't be preparing themselves for what next season looks like. You know, do you need to go get another transfer quarterback? Um, you need to be able to find those things out and not find them out without those guys playing any significant minutes. You know, putting putting Brady Lichtenberg in at the end of the game yesterday, I, I don't know if it was an injury thing to Emre. I didn't really listen to anything post-game or just a change. And sometimes that happens in games when you're not playing well and, he, and Emre might start again again next week. But, you know, these conversations have to be had. You know, you have to you have to see what you have. You have to, you know, 
know have a good idea what these guys are moving into into next year when you know you have a lot of seniors you have a lot of transfer seniors so that you know some of these positions are going to be vastly different again so you, you need to be able to have what you have in the morning or in the morning in the quarterback position but thank you to Nick Marcus Grant GMAC Josh for joining us this morning I'll try to get to any any questions you guys might have um hey just wanted to point out that uh Brady Drogosh did play in EKU okay, uh, so, end, so he would only have three games three games to go yeah all right well hey Jeff good morning hey I'm showing up more than the EC team did yesterday do you, do you get did you get a double you got a double uh mimosa maybe uh I wish I know? could say that that was that was the thing <laughs> Long night of work. The tailgate was fun and the game went fast. That so that was uh So did that get you home in time to see actual yeah, got, football get played? I got played? to watch got to watch, you know, a lot of Oregon Washington. Yeah, it was uh it was an all right all right afternoon. But uh no, I mean it's uh you know get your thoughts. I think I laid laid mine out pretty pretty well already, but uh just kind of as you watch the game, as you then, you know, kind of took in you know, whatever after the fact, what, you know, what is kind of the, where do we go from here, man? <laughs> what if I told you? <laughs> no, we, we can't do that one today. That's for that sure. Things are just not getting better. <laughs> what if I told you that they, they're in fact you, getting worse. You threw for 99 yards and, and had like 2.9 yards of carry. This is exactly what would have happened if I told you that. Yeah. So I'm kind of trying to look over here in the to see maybe if there were questions that popped up while uh, while I was not here. Um, let's see. I mean, things that I thought like like uh, did you talk about uh, Brady? Any of the Bradys maybe? getting a shot to come yes. in. I mean, that was kind um, of my, my main thing was that I don't necessarily, you know, put this all at the feet of Emory Jones, no. but, but he's clearly not been playing well. He's, he's consistently thrown that interception into a spot where he, whatever, whatever reason, didn't see a guy. Yeah. Then he threw the one, Against Oklahoma into double coverage where the safety, that's an easy ball for the safety to get. He threw the one against BYU. He threw the one against Miami where the linebacker was dropping. He threw the, the ball yesterday where it's he's trying to squeeze a ball over a, over a corner and in front of a safety. And that's just an easy play for TJ Tampa to come off of his guy and, and intercept that ball. Like those yeah. interceptions – you know, the one at the end of the half, I don't give care about. But, like, no, too that, many I mean, times. That's, that's not going to. Too many times he's throwing interceptions on balls that you're just like, you just can't make that throw. It, it, It's very much like, and I know we talked about it a few weeks ago where it was kind of like, does he make decisions on, you know, it's like he makes a decision on who he's going to throw the ball to. Right. Prior. And regardless of what occurs with the defense moving around or you know changing, it doesn't matter. That that's where I'm going. 
I'm not looking anywhere else. I'm not going to try to read like, okay, that's that that might not be a good spot to go based on what I'm seeing from the defense. Pre-snap or even, and I know they did a lot of like, at least it seemed like they did a you know kind of a lot of you know where they're dropping out and maybe guys move to different spots, but like you've got to adjust to that, and this is not what you expect to see from a quarterback that is not you know a a, a brand new kid coming into this into the, this level of football. You know, this isn't his first stop, not even his second stop for that matter. Um, just the kind of mistakes that you can't have and win games. Right. I mean, those are those are throws that I'm not a you know a 60 year guy that's played in three offenses is not making those throws like. It's these aren't plays that the DBs are making great individual efforts on. They're not balls that are getting batted up in the air. They're uh they're I mean they're just they're just throws you can't make. You know, yeah. what would we talk about when Wednesday? Big plays in short fields. Because Iowa State has coming into this game struggled to sustain drives. So what do we do? We gave him a short field. On that interception, and we gave up how many big plays? I mean, two in the two in special teams to give a give a team that struggles to drive the ball a uh, really good field position. Seventy five yard. yard, yeah, pass. I mean, like, and you got you know, and someone pointed out you have two weeks to figure this stuff out and to get up for this game, and that's the that's the performance. Like that's I. It's just not acceptable, you know? Like, I can stand for losing games. I can stand for losing games this year knowing what we were – knowing what our roster was and knowing the step up in competition. And in yesterday's game, I'm not going to say is more more what I expected, but, like, getting blown out wasn't – in a game wasn't going to surprise me this year. But, like, it w- getting blown out at home to a team that – you know, has the deficiencies that that we've talked about for the last week coming off of a bye that you know that well, sends that sends off some some pretty glaring alarm bells. Yeah, you know, it's kind of one of those things where like you know you look at Iowa State and they're they're a team with a you know red shirt fresh I think he's red shirt freshman. Yeah, I uh, think so. Quarterback, uh, obviously, like. As the season has gone on, we kind of like, okay, that you know that that could be a, a team we could hang with, a team we can beat. Like, you you're this far into the season, uh, you know, six games in. The the issues the issues that you know you would talk about for the beginning of the year that that we did talk about for the beginning of the year, where like all these new players coming together and like you know they're going to maybe take some time to gel and let's like, you can't really use that stuff six games into a season. No, I mean, and you should be seeing improvement and you've got an Iowa state team that, that is doing those things. Like, I mean, Satterfield said it in the, in the press conference, like, Oh, you know, they've improved. They've gotten better. They've done where I just haven't, we haven't seen that on, on our side of things. No, I've seen any yeah. improvement, and that and and that's what brings me to the whole like. I, and I know like there, 
somebody over here was talking about um, putting Brady behind this offensive line and seeing if that was, and, and like you also said, like you can't put everything at Emory's feet, but like at some point you got to change something. Right. There's and, only, and six games in, maybe that's you know, a little bit of a change. Yes, I'm absolutely for it. I mean, especially going to this game, Baylor, you know, I thought these next two games were must wins if they were going to end up going six and six. So, you know, coming off of this type of a performance, it's really hard for me to go like, oh, yeah, they can definitely win this game. Baylor is in as much of a mess as, as UC is. They cannot stop the run at all. Um, if you, you know, if you can't get this stuff turned around and if this isn't a time to put one or both of the Brady's in and play them, and then I don't know when it is. Because, like, you know, and I, and then I don't know what you're doing, how you're best preparing yourself, you know, how you're best giving yourself a chance to, you know, even if it, even if it's, you know, the worst case scenario and they go like two and ten or something, you as the coaching staff still have to put yourself in the best case scenario to rebound from that next year. Yeah. And I'm not going to say we're all going to like just cast it aside, but if you just like kind of run the string out with a bunch of older guys who aren't making plays, then you're not giving yourself the best chance for success in 2024, whether it's with younger players or seeing that we need to hit the portal super hard again, because these guys aren't yeah. it either. Yeah. You've got I me, mean, especially if, with the way the portal and all and transfers and that kind of thing works now, because who's to say that maybe you wouldn't need to hit it very hard in some places uh, because of who you're using or who you're bringing in the, or who you bring off the bench to give them an opportunity. But the way things work now is if somebody's not happy where they're at, like you might have, you might not need to hit the the portal in one spot, but if you don't give somebody an opportunity sure, and they leave, you're going to have to hit and, the portal in that spot. Know, and I know it's, it's very, it's very typical fandom. It's very knee jerk. And I try to stay away from it because you, we say make a change in any position. Well, we say that with the understanding that the person that they're replacing the starter with gives them a better chance to win because no one's going to go. Yeah. This guy hasn't done shit all season in practice. And he like, we're hoping that he transfers, but let's, but let's put him in because the guy in front of him hasn't been very good. Like the backup has to earn that right to go in. Now, quarterback I think is a little different it's clear that something is going on like he Emery is making the same interception almost on a game-to-game basis and they are just not like like I said 99 yards passing uh like how many passing yards I I think I saw 26 attempts I believe so you're down in like the three yard per you know per pass completion or per pass attempt 3.4. 3.4. Yeah. So, you know. I don't even want to pull up the game on paper. Is it, no, no, it I haven't look like, looked at any of it. Does it but, just look like Barney? You know, you you know, Donovan Ollie seems like a really good dude. He's out there a lot. He has zero catches this year. You know, let's see something. Let's see Barry Jackson. Not that they even, I'm not even saying that they play the same position, but like, 
Let's see Stephen Bird. I know we had Montgomery, Ryan Montgomery and Ethan Wright were out yesterday. Um, yeah. I'm not saying turn the whole thing over to a bunch of freshmen and redshirt freshmen, but you know, let's start seeing more of Jamal Williams on defense. Let's start seeing more of <clears throat> you know other got younger guys that we need to find out can they make a difference? Like the defense isn't bad enough to just get blown out, but it's not good enough to consistently get stops because they can't not give up the big play. I don't know what else to say. Like they and what the the one touchdown they get was or the, the touchdown they scored from like the the twenty. The only touchdown that they scored in the whole game, like just outside the twenty, maybe. Like yeah. we're back. We're back to like hoping that it's at least that far out because yeah, they can't. They're, they're I mean, playing a three three five defense with a really good secondary kind of begging you to attack the middle of the field and run the ball, and we couldn't run the ball. Like, their weak link defensively is is the defensive line and and rush and getting run on a little bit because they're really good against the pass, so teams will do that. But, like, right. and we just couldn't run it. I mean, Connor, I think, was 2.9 a carry. Miles had four carries. You know, Emery ran it okay. Yeah, that should, that should be a compliment to a two-back system where, like, oh, we also have to worry about the quarterback. That should not be the – we can't do anything else. Except so for hope that our quarterback so scores out to the side or, or run, put, like, some – and I don't – those big – like, the couple of, like, real big runs that he had, I don't know that those were necessarily even designed. It was almost you – know, he just didn't have it. There was nothing else. Yeah. For him to do except for like you know run for his life up the middle and, and it was wide open because that's what that defense kind of lends itself to is you know running up the, the middle and, and and getting your yards there and hoping that you can you know beat the second level a little bit yeah and grab eight eight ten twelve yards and apparently emory you know there you go there's a compliment to it that was about the only thing that he had going for him yesterday. Um, yeah, the offense stunk. It was and, bad. And if you're, you know, we're sp- you're supposed to have this, you know, hey, you hired an offensive coach, guy that calls his own place, has called his own place for a long time, and it's supposed to be, hey, we're going to go to the Big 12, we're going to have an, an, an offense that, you know, can, can move the ball and, and – and we just haven't seen it, and it's gotten worse and worse. And that's the part that uh, is infuriating because, like, that. what did you do for the last two weeks? Like, what was – you yeah. sat down and you watched tape, and you self-scouted for a week, and then you prepped for Iowa State, and, and you put together a game plan, and that was – and that was it. That was that was it. The, um, ten ten points, like, and then you let you let this freshman quarterback, like, nope, no. I mean, really, I mean, I know they're credited for having two sacks. I think they were more sacks because he scrambled and ran out of bounds yeah. behind the line of scrimmage. The, I mean, I don't think one of really... sack was well. I guess he was the only one with sacks, but I know the first one he 
he just chased him out of bounds. Yeah. On the, uh, it, it wasn't anything, wasn't anything overly special. I mean, did we even, I mean, I don't remember even like hitting the guy. Uh, the, this whole like, you know, what else we got over here in the, the side that's, I know I said today to air your grievances, but it's, hey, there is, you know, yeah, and I'm not telling anybody how to fan one way or the other if they want to, you know. Yeah, if I you, mean, if, Marcus does bring up a decent, a good point. Like, they did this. The opening script was yeah. okay. I mean, you miss a sick, you miss on that touchdown, and then you get the ball back and you go down and score. Um, the the t- that that one hurt real bad. You know, you right. overthrow the ball ten yards to a guy that's you know five steps clear of the you know of the safety or the cornerback there, and then immediately throw the pick after that. And then when they did drive down, uh, you know, as far as creativity goes, the play to Shimon for the touchdown was pretty creative. You line him up on the end of your, yeah. your line, and but they attacked the middle of the field. There, he was he was essentially totally uncovered, and it was. It was still a nice little you know, pass right over the top of the, yeah, the was, Everything about it was good. And then it was it, great. And then it was like, we here here were our best plays. And then, you know, Iowa State got a chance to look at it and, and make whatever <laughs> adjustments they they made. And it was like, oh, well, we're done. I just – it's such a head-scratcher to, like, sit here and – I uh, like you said, like, it's, it's one thing to lose games – Kind of, you know, that, that was expected. Yes, did the season start out where, like, you know, they beat EKU, which we expected, but they looked good doing it. And, like, they did all the right things, and you get to Pitt, and, yeah, maybe you think Pitt is, like, really, really good, but they did beat a pretty good Louisville team yesterday, uh, a Louisville team that beat Notre Dame. So, since Cincinnati beat Pitt, I guess there's hope. Um, <laughs> but with, with, you know, that game... And I, I, I keep remembering a comment you made after the pit game where we were talking. We were we were very excited as we sat here that that next morning. You said, "Let's just not get out of our skis too much." Um, yeah. So I think you got to pull obviously back a bit on your skis. Um, there, we are in in quite danger. Maybe only you know winning two or three games this year, um, and I could. Maybe stomach that. That would suck real bad. Uh, I could stomach it if if they looked competent on the field. And yesterday they didn't look competent whatsoever. And it's very very concerning. Yeah, it's. I mean, I could only take from the last thing that I've been shown. Hmm? And and you know, up and you can be frustrated with all three of the losses previous to this. You were frustrated because the games were competitive and the things that were keeping UC from having a good season or the things that were keeping them from winning those games, you think are either law of averages will work themselves out or they're, they're correctable things. After the Iowa State game, you look at those things and those things are still happening, but then you're now wondering, okay, like what the heck did we do for two weeks? Like I wasn't necessarily wondering, 
you know, it, after the Miami, Oklahoma, and BYU games, like I, I wasn't saying these guys were totally unprepared, and yeah. and 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 just were flat the basically the entire game. We weren't saying that. We were saying, you know, another game where we can't score in the red zone, where you have 500 yards of offense, or another game where you can't convert the third and shorts, the critical fourth and shorts. That had nothing to do with this game. Yeah. Uh. So that's that's the problem to me now is that now you have to fix that part going into just hey another Big Twelve game against a team that you know has not played well but you're not playing well either and then so you got to fix the men- mental part of it and the bounce back part of it while still trying to figure out what the hell's going on especially on offense. Yeah, I mean they haven't uh, score what. One touchdown this week at home. Like it, I'm, I'm so. There's a lot of things that I would like to say that are just we just oh, yeah. leave them leave them out for sure. And I, like, I have things that I that I think that I'm not going to to say yeah, yet. And, but um, but I'm not like anybody else that. You know, this is what being a fan of a team that has built up expectations. Uh, you know, for for the last how many years? Not just the last six, right. but like don't you go you know, go all the way go all the way back to you know the Dan through Tenio. a lot of eras of coaches. You just didn't. We haven't. We've been good, so that doesn't. So it doesn't happen very often, and it's totally understandable that it will happen on occasion. Like you know, not excusing it, but it's understandable that from time to time a team will just not have it that day. Um, But in this situation, under these circumstances, it's unacceptable coming, coming into this game. That just can't happen. Like you can get beat because you're just not as good and you can get beat bad because you're not as good. And you're, you made a bunch of errors, but like, they didn't. They didn't get beat because I was. They didn't get beat thirty to ten because like Iowa State is twenty points better than them. They got beat because like their attention to detail stinks, and their, uh, you know, motivation for this game didn't seem to be anywhere near what it's been for for other games. Yeah, uh, uh, like uh, Josh says over here. He didn't think they were unprepared. He just thought that they kind of appeared to give up pretty quick after they missed those first couple of opportunities. Yeah. It, it it did it did kind of look like it was there wasn't there wasn't like I don't know kind of a yeah you know, I mean you're still you're still kind of in the what, what it's seventeen seven you give up a seventy five yard kick return on the second half opening kickoff yeah but then but then you hold them to a field goal. You know, your but the, defense, the, the 75 like, yard part though sets the tone. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like it does. It, but your defense then kind of you know picks up your special teams for the last time. And and after that, it, it was just it, you're still in the game there, right? Like I mean it's a 10 point game. Really, even you know, you're you're kind of in the game and when it's 20 to 7 and 20 to 10. Yeah, I mean but there was in, no sense of urgency and there was no like you're in the game. As much as you were, you're you're in the game as much as you were, you know, when it was seven to three when you were up. 
Yes, you're and in the game from the sense of is it doable? Right. Like, yeah, you're in the game, but like, like you're not you, down we, three scores with we were gonna go ago. score a touchdown, stomp them, and then go score another touchdown. <laughs> well, if you if you revert if you revert back to the the team you were when you scored your only touchdown, yes. I mean that that that's showing on that drive, sure. Yeah. But the the problem on top of everything else is consistency. And we talked about that too. Like you, the problem is they're, they've been consistently bad. Yeah. I mean, the book, the book is out right now on, on this offense that if you can kind of stop the run initially and just kind of sit on the, sit on the DBs, the, the deep book, take your chance giving up the deep ball because they haven't been able to connect on it and just, and just, you know, the best you can based on your personnel, smother the receivers because they're just not getting open. Yeah. Which is, I mean, and then when they are open, we don't complete it. We throw it, we overthrow it. There was one where I don't know if it was D or Braden Smith was on the on the far sideline, kind of like crossing through it behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was Braden because I I feel like he had a couple passes to to Braden that were just not where they should have been. Yeah, I mean there were a lot of passes in the game that were not where they should have been. So pick, yeah, pick, you pick, have, a rece- uh, pick a receiver, and I'm sure that they had a pass that. Or several. That now, now you're getting ready for another game. Quick, you know, they just keep coming, and you got a team coming off of a bye that has, outside of a unbelievable comeback against UCF, has a win against Long Island University that wasn't even pretty. Uh, you know, they have a loss at Tech to Texas State. They got. Rolled up pretty good by Texas Tech last week. So, you know, but they've got to be watching this game going, yeah, these guys are in the same boat as we are. And we got to, and we can go in there and, and beat them because they're, they're shown to be pretty easy to stop. And, you know, a good defense and a good front that we thought coming into the year just hasn't really hasn't really came yeah. through. I mean, we we thought that that at least that you know that front seven would like would wreak havoc, and it, it that hasn't happened. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like. I, mean, I guess what Deshaun had the most tackles, but doesn't seem like he can really cover anybody. Nobody, nobody's making like, any plays. Nobody. nobody I mean, it comes down. It comes down to winning one on ones, and we've said it before. And our guys just aren't doing it. They three, aren't winning. Three They're interceptions. Not... You know, three interceptions. Like another game where you know, again, I said credited with two sacks, but I mean, we weren't really around him that much. You know, another game where we stink on third down. You know, you give up, what was the one? It's third and goal from the 13. We drop eight guys and somehow blow a coverage and leave the tight end just wide open. We dropped eight guys only to the goal line. 
Nobody, just, nobody was in the end zone. He literally just, like went straight to the back of the end zone and yeah, was like he's standing okay, between his safety and a corner. Yeah, I mean, our uh, Marcus says that he looks for them to challenge our DBs yeah. consistently. I mean, that's that that's fair. That's yeah, because I mean, kind of over, the... over time, you're you're still not going to be able to like run the ball against this defense at a very high level. So you're going to try to. And then when you see that it's you know it's not really going to work, they're just going to do it. Iowa State did. You know, you beat this team throwing the ball. It's been clear from the get go. You know, if you beat this team throwing the ball, how, how much great, of this is on the coaching staff? A ton. You know, the in-game stuff. You know, is not like the, the right the George, Jordan Young dropping an interception. Like, I'm not you know, you're not convincing me that's on the coaching staff. Emory Jones throwing the ball five yards over a wide open receiver's head is not on the coaching staff. Like those plays were executed, like drawn up well, executed well, had individual efforts in the play that like Jordan Young undercutting the route. But you got to complete the play. D. Wiggins streaking by his man and the line protecting enough to, for Emory to throw the ball, but you have to complete the play. You got to hit like, the pass. Like, I didn't see it, but like Eric Phillips, you can't even put yourself in a position to get that call. That, so I went back and, and rewatched that. I, yeah, his hands hit him in the head, but it will, he, as he came through and put his hands up, and came forward, the quarterback kind of ducked and leaned this way. So, like, his, that's just where his hands yeah. landed. Like, he didn't do anything right, but, overtly, but you can't you, – I mean, you just it, can't I hit the quarterback. It, so I don't – you know, if it, I'm not saying it was a bad call and maybe there was it, nothing he could do about it, but, like – I think by the letter of the law, it's the right call. I think yeah. by the – You hit a quarterback spirit, in the head, they're probably going to throw a flag. I think the spirit of that particular play, it shouldn't have been called because it wasn't – it was called, and he, you know, like you said, you can't put yourself in a position where that where that but, even has the the chance to be called. And there and there are other situations like that, but like you give up a forty one yard kickoff return, you know, and you, you it's inexcusable to then turn around coming right out of the half and give up a seventy five one. Like the guy didn't break a bunch of tackles; he just ran through everyone, the special teams. Yeah. You know, yes, Iowa State has really, really good DBs. But, like, so we have no way of throwing the ball against them at all. We just, you know, we're just that inept. Like, we can't get anybody open. We can't get the ball to our to Xavier Henderson or Braden Smith or Aaron Turn, like, or Shimon. Like, we just, you know, that's on. Yes, absolutely, Grant. There's a lot of this that is on coaching. And just the overall, after the first five or ten minutes of the game, just, you know, like it's been said, felt like if a couple things went against us, it was just like, oh, well, no worries, no no reason to try to fight back in this game. Um, you know, so what, what happens against Baylor? I have no damn idea. This team has not shown me that they can be consistent in almost anything. And... Until this coaching staff can prove that 
that they can make adjustments and get guys up for games and find the right personnel groupings and whatnot. It, it doesn't lend a ton of confidence uh, going forward for the next and last six in the season. Yeah. I, I mean, just to kind of add a little bit to that, and I know maybe it seems like we're, I don't know, kicking a, kicking a dog while it's down or, you know, beating a dead horse or whatever, but when you have a bye week and the season hasn't up to that point gone the way that, you know, you think maybe it should have. Uh, there's some you know, losses or whatever behind that. You hit the bye week. It's, that's where you expect you know your coaches to, to step in, to have some some positive effect, to put you know implement some changes. To hopefully, maybe when you come out, you know maybe when you come out of the bye week, maybe there's there's you see some changes to the areas in which you were having the biggest struggles prior to the bye week. And maybe something else kind of falls off because you worked so hard at, you know, these other things. And what I saw was a team that essentially fell off in every category and didn't improve anywhere. And that's, and that, that's, that's why that's I on don't, the coaches. Yeah. And that's why I don't think we're beating the horse because this wasn't the case for the other losses. Yeah. Okay. Like they they stunk on third down again this week, but I mean But they didn't <clears throat> they didn't they didn't rack up, you know, 500 yards of offense, but failed right. down this in the is, red zone. The they first they time, had no offense. Right. This is the first time these other issues have popped up. And maybe it's the only time. And it was a wake-up call to everybody and in year 1 that's something that absolutely can happen. But then, okay, show me these next six. What are you guys made of? Like, what are the players made of? What are the coaches made of? Are you willing? Are you, I mean, are you even willing to entertain the idea of playing the Brady's moving forward? Or are we just going to be loyal to a guy that we brought in and was our choice, you know, as a transfer quarterback? Um, and we're just going to you know roll with him through the rest of the year. I know of another team that had a quarterback come in and they weren't afraid to make a change. But and there, I, you know like and maybe I don't know maybe, you know maybe there's things we're not seeing in you know obviously in practice or whatever and they're like you guys really don't want to see Oh, for sure. Some, something I mean, else, we you know? kind and of had that conversation last year. Yeah, absolutely, we did. So if that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, then you know, maybe some phone calls need to be some some of these early uh, early connections need to be made with some quarterbacks elsewhere for a, a portal pickup. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I I would lean would like to believe that you know it's maybe just kind of hey. And I think six. I think six games is is a pretty fair amount of time for you know you to say like okay like do we have something here is this going to work? If it's not working, you know maybe we maybe we do put you know somebody from our bench out there and allow them you know to try to see if maybe that's a spark. Maybe they have maybe they offer something to this offense that we're not seeing right now. And if that's the case. Rolling, moving forward, we use them, and if we got to 
kind of flip it and, you know, have a different package for, you know, because obviously, you know, those quarterbacks think what Lichtenberg is much more of a pocket passer. You know, oh yeah. Obviously uh, I would, I would say that the offense isn't built around that, but I don't even know what the offense is built around. So yeah, I don't, right. And I don't, I think he's got some, some running ability in him. I'm not sure he's, uh, if that's the, you want him doing that a ton, but you know, and you're going to be playing teams, you know, Iowa State and Oklahoma, I think, are pretty far and away the two best defenses they're going to play this year. And maybe that factors into it, but it hasn't mattered what the defense or how good it is. We're, you know, Emory has thrown interceptions that you just can't throw. Like, yeah. regardless, you know, Miami got him on one, the same as Oklahoma did, the same as BYU did, the same as Iowa State did. It's all the same similar types of throws. Yeah. And if guys aren't if guys aren't winning then and and making making the plays, you know, it's tough to just say, you know, they said they were close coming into this week. Well, then they took a m- massive step backwards. So what do you say now? Well, Brian wants to open all positions. I mean, I don't disagree, no, but I don't know. Not, I mean, I just don't, I don't, I don't think they have the the depth and talent. Like, I think the best players are playing at a lot of these positions, and mm-hmm. so that is more reflective of the overall talent of the roster, which is then on the coaches to, you know, not all bad teams is just because they have a bunch of bad players. Correct. And, I mean, they're, and they're not, certainly and, and blame they, to be to be handed out across. And you can you can coach them up and figure it out against equal talented teams. Ways to get your maybe not as good as we hoped players into positions to to win games. Yes, Natalie. That he he For is sure. a, he he always has a running quarterback, or he he has uh, at least a mobile quarterback. Um, and, and certainly the reason why Emory was brought in, um, and probably played, you yeah. know, obviously quite a bit into why Ben left. Um, but at so this, at this stage, does Emory Jones try give something. you the best chance to, chance to win? And if he still gives you the best chance to win, then keep playing him. Keep rolling him out Figure out why we're throwing the same interceptions and figure out calls to make that don't put him in that position. And then if he... If you if your answer to all those questions is that I you know I, there aren't any call then I'm like then you got to put somebody else in. It, so it, I just I think you've got to try. Like I guess what Drogas has probably got some like red shirt concerns. Like he's played know. one game, so he could play in, he could play in three more and, and still be red shirted. Okay, so. So you, I mean, really, at this point, well, with the with the portal, I'm not worried about that. Like, I'm worried right. about winning games in year one. It is possible to there. The year zero is over. You with the portal, and we were supposed to be hiring a you know a P five level coach who is used to a transition and is under and the reason you know we we discounted any assistant, which I don't think was necessarily wrong, was. Yeah. Doing this transition with a coaching change, we prefer not to have someone 
also doing the head coaching role for the first time. And I have no issues with that line of thinking. Right. But, but, but know, if you're going to have, if you're going to have, right. If you're going to have that line of thinking, then I'm not giving you the benefit of the doubt of like roster overturn and first year in the big 12, because we were supposed to be mitigating that by hiring someone who, who can handle all of those things. So a two and 10 season doesn't say under that. these circumstances is completely unacceptable and tells me that, you know, hiring the head coach with head coaching experience was not as big of a, uh, a need in, on your checklist that it, you know, that you made it out to be some of these other guys. Right. I mean, something has got to change. It's got to change pretty quickly. Um, to show that there's some fight to show that you know that this team is moving in the right direction and, and i hope that it starts next week at baylor but you know, they're coming off a of bye week are they going to be you know are they going to come out of their bye week as flat as we came out of our bye week like i don't know uh our guys maybe use this as, as a wake-up call but you would think the loss to miami at home would have been a wake-up call of sorts. Uh, just you, you just cannot have a culture develop where it, it's like, uh, well, you know, that's just kind of how we are this year. We're just not very good this year. You know, we we just can't get things together this year, and, and you know, we're gonna we're gonna try again next year because this like that, that's not who Cincinnati football has become. And you know, it's not acceptable at the, the fan level. And it shouldn't be acceptable in the locker room and on the field. Right. So, you know, obviously we'll see where this goes moving forward. If they're going to, if there is going to be a kind of a, an experiment, if you want to call it, or a, you know, you know, thrown right into the fire kind of thing for a, a one of these younger quarterbacks and maybe some other younger guys, if they've earned the right to, to get an opportunity on the field. I mean, you know, like Brian said over there, that Emory has earned the situation of two quarterbacks nipping at his heels. Uh, yeah. Those guys have to also show that they're yes. ready right. to, to, you know, for the coach to put them in that position. Cause if the coach makes that move, it's very hard to come back to the other guy. And if yeah. they're, if they're even worse and then we're sitting here going, well, you've been watching them in practice and, right. And, Why did you run them out you, there now? And you saw that this was a potential. Why would you do that? So yeah, I mean, there's 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 real conversations that have to be had. You know, Nick asked how concerned should we be about the staff's ability to navigate the portal. I, I mean, right now there's concern about everything. I mean, across the entirety of what you know, they're says, being tasked not sure with doing. They they added a an impact guy in this group. You know, I think there's guys that are solid F, you know, P5 starters, but I don't like, I'm not disagreeing with anything he's saying. I think, you know, unless you have a certain circumstances, I think the portal in year one can be tough, um, especially given what you see went through from a, just a, we're just trying to find some guys that can, can fill out a roster with not having a ton of time to build the relationship not an excuse, you know, if, if year two, if they're as active as they were this year and 
and we'll see who who leaves after the season and they're as active as they are this year and you have two fairly large portal classes and then next year you're not getting really anything out of them then sure absolutely let's let's have a a very real conversation about that Um, Uh, and, and here's the thing is from here to the end of the season if if we start to see growth, I mean, obviously they haven't really shown a lot across anywhere that you know, for me to expect that that's going to happen. But if from here to the end of the season, things start an upward trend, good to go. Let them yeah. start to move. I mean, in, you know? yes, and it doesn't, still... it, like, like we said, like it doesn't even have to be wins. Like, I mean, wins would be nice, but like at this point, I just want to see growth and improvement across the team and not heading the opposite direction, which is what we saw this week. Right. That's the two main concerns is that the team did not seem to handle any adversity well and lost all energy that they had within the first 10 minutes. And that from an offensive standpoint, we're, we're going backwards and Emery's going backwards, but so is every, like everything else is going backwards. So it's all tied together. Um, you know, they still have six games left. They still have six games against outside of West Virginia and Kansas. You know, have not – Oklahoma State's got it going. Um, that's going to be certainly a very, very difficult game in Stillwater. But, like, they have – they're playing teams that if they play well, they can beat. But they're not playing well. So they have to figure that part out. We have gone on and on about this. Yeah. Uh, so let's quickly – Anything, uh, what was your big takeaway, your your game that caught your eye the most um, in uh, college football yesterday? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal probably the one that is the easiest, is uh, Oregon-Washington was a whole lot of fun to watch. That was a very fun college football game. I enjoyed that immensely, other than the fact that I had Oregon plus three. Uh, well, that's, you know, sometimes you win some, you lose some, Dave. Tie is better uh, than loss with how I've been going lately. I mean, when you, like, that, I know it might be cliche to say, but, like, that's one of those games where you're like, man, not, neither team, neither team should be coming out of this game with a loss. Like, maybe just give one team a win and the other one just just forget about it for them. But, like, that, yeah. I mean, they, and, and Dan Lant, like, his ability, he, he says it best. Like, they asked him, like, Coming off the field, you know, he went for it on fourth down. It wasn't. He's like, "Look, we're here to win. I'm coaching to win, and that's how you do it." And you know, if they, you know, either make a play or they don't make a play, you know, we didn't, we didn't make it there, but whatever. Um, it was that. That was a really, really good college football game. It was a really good football game all around. Fun to watch. Competitive. It wasn't like sloppy. I mean, it was just yeah, a lot of lot of fun. A lot of big time plays being made. Uh, I mean, USC, considering you do have two quarterbacks that have been in the NCAA for like a combined 15 years, but yes, for you sure, expect that out of it. But Notre Dame took it to USC. I think we're seeing what USC actually is, and they have a very they still play Oregon, Washington, UCLA, and uh, Utah. Yeah, yeah it, it could get real ugly. Yeah, them. yeah, like, I think, I th- and I think. I think Oregon, I think obviously some things are going to have to go their way, but like I still think Oregon and and Washington are both positioned to still possibly make the playoff, even with the loss 
to Oregon because they're still going to play Oregon State, who's who's had a really good year. Uh, you know, I don't think anything's done yet with the Pac-12. <clears throat> um, Michigan, Indiana stinks. Michigan did what they should do. Yeah, Alabama, Arkansas. A little closer than the experts predicted. I'm sh- I'm assuming. Did you see Saban's comment about KJ Jefferson after the no, game? I did not. So he was a, he's in the press conference and he was like, we, he's like when you see a, a a quarterback that can take a hit for there was a a play where they had like a, a cornerback blitz and the cornerback flies in and hits KJ Jefferson and he just kind of like shrugs him off and just like throws him around the, yeah. the side and I like kept rolling out and he's like we, when you got a, a quarterback that can take a major college football player and throw him around like a gnat on a fly's ass a fly a gnat a fly on a <laughs> a, a gnat on a cow's ass that's just really impressive <laughs> like he couldn't get his words together but he's he he wanted to get it out there that he was complimenting his ability to just be like like you're not gonna yeah, they're gonna run me over, uh, and we but, saw. I mean, um, we we saw what KJ Jefferson can do last year. So oh that yeah, was, that was a nice little comment from Saban. But yeah, Alabama struggled there a little bit. Um, we got the uh, the Vols at Alabama next week, so you know, look forward to watching that one. That uh, after we that get was an back exciting from game the, too. Uh, it was a close game. I'm not sure I'd call it exciting. <laughs> well, what the. Uh, the D. Williams punt return wasn't exciting that was, for that you. That was good. That was the, exciting. What was that it like? Was a thirty-five good. yard punt return? Yeah, I think it was like 35, like a, 40 yards. Like a like a pop up punt. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Kansas, Oklahoma State. I mean, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Well, I mean, Jaden Daniels is not going to be able to play because of this back situation. Um, you know, then they're going to struggle. I mean, they, I think Jason Bean is a really good backup, but he's just, you know, Jane Daniels is one of the top five players when healthy in the entire conference. So, and Oklahoma State has finally picked a quarterback and they have a real nice running back and <clears throat> they've kind of figured some stuff out. So, you know, it will be, uh, will be interesting to see how they do the rest of the year. Missouri put the screws to Kentucky. Yeah, the SEC is still just like kind of okay. Yeah. Oh, man, I did not see this. The Arizona-Washington State game. Yeah, Arizona whooped them. That, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what else in the, in the uh, Houston, you know, didn't get, get the, the Dana Bowl. Oh God! Uh, that As that was going on, I I was just I was really la- I was just laughing so hard because like the jokes that we made at the end of last week, and then then it suddenly like <laughs> my jokes were like falling flat because they, they throw a hail mary and you're like no. It was one of the craziest like last five minutes of a football game that I've seen, watched in a long long time. I did see a screenshot from a, a Houston individual that you know, came across my timeline that their first Big 12 win in women's soccer, women's volleyball, football has all been against West Virginia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the first team that their basketball team plays is West yep. Virginia. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yep. good for them down there. 
Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was such a, I mean, Houston had Texas next in a half empty stadium already against West Virginia. If they didn't find a way to pull that game out. It, it could have gotten, could have gotten ugly next week. Um, I'm trying to see if there's anything really good in conference next week. And there's, there's kind of not West Virginia, Oklahoma state's, you know, from a standing standpoint, a pretty good game. But you have UCF at Oklahoma, Texas Tech at BYU, TCU at Kansas State, uh, and then the Houston and then Houston and Texas. Yep. And then UC. Baylor. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, we went obviously a little bit longer. I think a lot of about uh, yesterday's game, a lot to discuss. Natalie is just realizing that. Yeah, beat Louisville last night. Yeah, Natalie, I, I didn't didn't love that one either. Uh, for for uh, entertainment purposes only, but <laughs> but we will uh, we will wrap this one up again. Thank you, Natalie, Ty, Crypt Keeper, Kevin, the Thrifty Walrus, Ty, Nick Owens. Brian Johnson, Darren, all the guys and ladies that join us every Sunday morning. Very much appreciative of it. We will be back next Sunday, hopefully, to recap a UC win as they take on Baylor noon o'clock again. So uh, everyone be be ready for some uh, some strong some strong breakfast cocktails. Uh, next Sunday at the grid or on top of campus green. So thank you to Jeff as always, Aaron and all the Bearcat brunch fans. We will see you again next week. Everybody have a great Sunday.